there's an 80% failure rate for companies that get started in the trucking industry in their first two years. So out of all of the 1.6 million companies that I pointed out to you, 80% of them are likely to fail over the first two years. And there's a variety of reasons why they don't fail. They, they fail, right? So compliance is one reason. And then you got profitability is another reason. But when you, when you think about compliance, a lot of those compliance is just the, the repetitive, you know, hey, A plus B equals C. And that stuff's all processes. What's up, everyone? I'm Chris Ronzio, founder and CEO of Trainual, and this is Organized Chaos. As always, we're taking a page from a different leader's playbook so you can put it in yours as you build your own. And you just heard from Adam Wingfield. He is one of our Process People members, and this conversation is really interesting. It's all about building systems for small carriers in the trucking industry. If you don't know much about the trucking industry, you will learn their business model, their greatest challenges, and you'll get to see some interesting tips about efficiency that you can apply really to any industry. Now, Adam's a member of our Process People community. He's a Trainual certified consultant based out in Charlotte, North Carolina, and he's been in the trucking industry for 22 years. He's the founder and managing director of Innovative Logistics Group, which is a trucking consulting and carrier services firm. And he also co-founded a company called InnoPortal, a trucking dispatch system, which in just the last two years has done over $80 million in transactions. So Adam knows his stuff. What I liked about this episode, like I said, is just really digging into a different industry that maybe you're not so aware of. He talks about the success rate and the failure rate of how many businesses are getting started in this industry. And we go all the way into these autonomous vehicles and some of the future changes that will impact this industry in the future. So as you listen to this, I want you to think about your industry and how these nuggets can apply to what you're doing. Take a listen. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Organized Chaos. I'm your host, Chris Ronzio, and today with me, we have a special member of our Process People community, and his name is Adam Wingfield. What's up, Adam? Hey, what's up, Chris? How you doing? I am great. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So this is another one of our roundtable discussions where we put together a topic or a couple topics uh, and just kind of shoot the breeze about that topic. And so today's topic is going to be all about the current state of the trucking industry where you are an expert. So if someone's listening in here, they can learn a lot about the trucking industry, right? That's absolutely correct. Been in it for a long time and I'm willing to share everything I can. Okay, so we're going to talk about specifically building systems for small carriers, handling compliance issues, all the types of things that they might deal with. But since you're the expert in this industry, uh, I'll let you take the lead on some of these points. I think there's going to be some useful tactics as part of the conversation and how it applies to any small business. So I'll try to keep pulling those out as we talk. But uh, kicking things off, what should people know, I guess, about, about the industry? The one thing about the trucking industry, the one thing most importantly that I want to make sure people know is that it's been around forever, since the beginning of time. And the one thing that I do love about the industry is the industry is a true indicator of the economic patterns within the industry. Since 1972, just uh, in the last 40 years, we've seen 12 bumps up and down within the trucking industry. And where the trucking industry goes is typically where the economy goes as well. So, you know, I think that one of the things that really stood out within the pandemic is we realized how important the trucking industry was to, to America and how it really fueled the economy and how it kept the America moving when times got kind of tough. So just showing people how important the industry is and really want to bring it to the forefront so people truly understand that the trucking industry without it, uh, we were pretty much as a standstill at this point. 
it's it's kind of the lifeblood of the consumerism in the in America, right? It's like every, everything that gets delivered has to go on a truck at some point. Absolutely, Chris. It, there's no room that you can sit in that doesn't have anything in that room that has been brought to you by truck. Whether it's the chemicals that were made to design the microphones, whether it was the, the fabrics and the chairs that you're sitting in, whether it was the wood in your desk, trucks bring everything. And without without trucks, America stops. So I want everybody listening to the podcast right now. If you're in your office, look around. If you're in the car, look around. If you're out for a run, look around. Notice all the products that the the headphones that you're wearing, the desk that you're sitting at, the the couch next to you. All of the things that were delivered on a truck at some point, or even in B two B spaces, they were delivered to a factory in order to be assembled and and for you to, you to pick it up. So, trucking is like I said, it's like the lifeblood of how things get to us as consumers in a lot of ways. So, before we get into the specifics of the industry and what you do as a consultant in this industry, how did you get into this? How, how, why trucking for you? Man, it's been something that's been in my blood since I was eleven years old. I drove my first tractor trailer at eleven years old. I'm from, a, I'm from a really small town in South Carolina. It's Alcaloo, South Carolina. It's a very small town in Clarendon County. And I was introduced to it uh, by my uncle. And I've always had a love for it. But once I turned 21 years old, I was in college. And at that point, I was at a kind of a, a standstill on really what I wanted to do. I wanted to chase my passion. You know, I, I went to school for computer engineering. So I love computers at that point. But it really wasn't the thing that really fueled me. So I got my CDL at 21 years old and started driving a truck at that point. And then as I progressed, start buying trucks. Um, but then one of the things that I really noticed when I got out there, Chris, was there was a lack of just business acumen. I saw so many folks that were suffering, uh, so many folks that were just kind of just frustrated with processes and things like that, that really you saw companies go out of business and the small guy saw how we represented it. So I really, really got got into my mind that I wanted to create a space where we're going to educate and provide consultancy to folks and really to be the voice of the small carrier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a little kid, I, even my own kids right now, I've got a four-year-old and all he wants is trucks for his birthday and it pushes him around. And so there's some appeal to us as kids. You know, I remember the the CB radios when I was a little kid and, you know, going on the, the highway, trying to get everyone to, <laughs> to honk yeah, at me. Yeah, so so no. there's, there's this like innate, love, I think, that we all have for these these big things. And so so you got into it, you made a career out of it, but you noticed that there is a business need or there's a lack of, of business acumen. Now, when I'm driving around, I see a, a handful of, you know, big company logos out on the roads, but there's a ton of small carriers, right? So what's what's the makeup of, of big versus small carriers? So it's, it's funny you say that. So when you think about trucking, you think about FedEx, you think about UBS, you think about J.B. Hunt, you think about Schneider, you think about Swift because they're mega carriers. So you see their branding and you see them all over the place. But the funny thing about it is, is that in, in true indeed enough, there's about 900,000 companies out in the trucking space right now that have less than 10 trucks. There are 651,000 that have less than two trucks. And there are only about 2,300 companies that have more than 100 trucks. So as you can see, like the trucking industry is dominated by the smaller carrier, right? But they don't have the resources. They don't have the systems. They don't have the processes that the mega carriers are able to invest and able to deploy. And that's where you see the 80% failure rate. So let me, let me, let me park right there. There is an 80% failure rate for companies that get started in the trucking industry in the first two years. 
So out of all of the 1.6 million companies that I pointed out to you, 80% of them are likely to fail over the first two years. And there's a variety of reasons why they don't fa- they, they fail, right? So compliance is one reason. And then you got profitability is another reason. But when you, when you think about compliance, a lot of those compliance is just the, the repetitive, you know, hey, A plus B equals C. And that stuff's all processes, right? So that's something that when you talk statistically, statistically, that's where we struggle in the trucking industry. The trucking industry is truly driven by the small guy, but we just don't have enough of those really clear cut processes and systems to help facilitate those small guys from operating the way within efficiencies as they should. So, so if 80% of these companies are failing in the, in the first year, you said first year, first two years, something like that? First two, first two years. Are as many companies being created today as there were five years ago, 10 years ago? Is it still a vibrant startup industry? It's funny that you say that because just since July of 2020, 170,000 new carriers were started. So every, every month since the pandemic started, it's been a trend of 10,000 carriers a month. And when I say carrier, I mean company. So let me make sure that I, 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 I uh, make the right parallel to that. But 10,000 new businesses start up every single month. And if you do the math, 8,000 8, of them probably won't be around two years later. So it's a never ending turnover cycle. It's, a, it's, it's, it's unreal. So what's the dynamic between the big companies and the small companies? Are those big brands that you mentioned buying up small companies and there's a consolidation happening or is it real competitive between the two? It's not even competitive because, you know, when I think about so there's two different markets, you got a spot market, which is kind of like the, the extra market, the, the stuff that kind of flows out. And then you've got the contract market. Most of your larger companies, they operate on contracts. They've got contracts that they facilitated. You've got just for instance, you've got FedEx has got Nestle contracts. Right. And then what FedEx is not able to fulfill, the small carrier comes in and they kind of kind of I don't want to say pick up the scraps, but they pick up what they're not able to facilitate. It's a ton of freight now. There's a ton of freight out there on the spot side of it. But most of that stuff on the mega carrier, which we call large carriers, the mega carrier, mega carrier facilitates most of the large contract freight. They really just they they don't exist on an extra market. Right. They're kind of like the market like, okay, this is what we have left over. So the spot market is like the leftover market with the the, the mega carriers are not able to, to facilitate. Got it. Okay. So you've got the the mega carriers that probably take a lot of the, the, is there a difference between like the long hauls versus in-state kind of deliveries or is there, is, is there any distinctions there of what type of jobs they're taking? Not necessarily because a lot of that stuff is facilitated by the customer, right? The customer's got their end customer. So uh, that really doesn't kind of play a part. The actual distance doesn't play a part. Okay. The thing that plays most of the part is what's available when the, the mega carrier says, hey, you know what? I don't have available trucks to facilitate this particular shipment. I'm going to have to pass because I'm already contracted out. So when they pass on it, that goes down to what we call the spot market. That's okay. when a small carrier comes up and they pick it up on the spot market. Okay, got it. So can you walk us through just the economics or the business model of trucking so that people that aren't in this industry understand how they make money? Yeah, sure. So what happens is you go out and I'm going to make it in a really small little bundle. You go out, you buy a truck, right? So a lot of times you're going to end up spending anywhere between fifty dollars to $100,000 on a used truck, right? You purchase that truck, you know, you get your driver set up, you get all your licensing in place, you get everything that you need in terms of regulations in place, and you put the truck on the open market. Typically on a, on a tractor trailer, uh, you're going to see anywhere between $5,000 to $10,000 in gross per week. 
But the net profits are anywhere between 5% to 20 to 35%, depending and contingent upon how that operator or that company owner manages and operates their business. So it's a wide gap in margins. The one thing that's known in the trucking industry, and well, I don't want to say it's known, but the, the one caveat is that the trucking industry has tight margins, especially on the spot side. And operational efficiency is super critical. You have to be operation, or operationally efficient and you have to be obsessed with processes and profitability mm-hmm. to ensure that you're going to be, be, be ahead of that curve. And it sounds like from how many businesses fail that that's not the specialty of the industry, right? <laughs> it's not because there's a lack of information, Chris. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's a lack of the, the when I look at the roadmap, the, 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 the beacon, the blueprint, there's the lack of that blueprint. There's really no system in place to kind of point people in the right direction from the very, very beginning. So what happens is most folks make the mistakes in the beginning and you make a mistake in a truck purchase, it's going to cost you $30,000, dollars $50,000 plus. And folks that get into this business, they're ambitious. They just want to be successful. I love entrepreneurship. They want to be entrepreneurs, but they may not have the savvy that's necessary and they end up failing uh, because they don't have those things already set up and aligned in place. Hmm. All right. So let's go through some of these major issues that you've pointed out. And I think the first one you mentioned was the compliance issue, right? Yeah. Yeah. So think about this, right? So if I put you on an airplane with me, we're sitting on the airplane and the the PA announcement goes on a pilot say, hey, this is Adam. I'm your pilot today. Right. We haven't had a safety inspection yet, but, you know, no worries. Everything's going to be all good. (laughs) We're going to head out to California together. Trust me, everything's fine. Right. There's no that's, hey, would you want to fly with me on that particular nope. airplane? Well, <laughs> no, because, you know, you don't have that confidence. So what a lot of times and one of the things is even on a compliance side within the trucking industry, right, the new entry safety audit, which is a federal related audit. Right. So when you compare the trucking industry to the airline industry, it's almost the exact same. They're both regulated by the federal government. Right. If there's an accident in trucking, it's regulated by what's called the FMCSA. If you accident within airlines, it's regulated by the FAA. So you both got, you know, those federal administrations that's regulating that, those things. But it's so loose on the trucking side. It's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's crazy to even think that some of those things are not as tightly regulated. They're tightly regulated on the mega carrier side because, you know, your mega carrier has a lot more assets, a lot more units, a lot more drivers. But when it's a smaller carrier, a lot of that stuff flies underneath the radar. So from a compliance perspective, we see folks that end up going by the wayside because they're not able to pass a new entrance safety audit. They may have an accident within that first year that they just can't afford because insurance rates will skyrocket for you. There's so many small things that can bubble up and surface on a compliance side that 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 can mean disaster for a small company. And and, and what we see a lot of times is a lot of times smaller companies may not have the resources to even set the company up the right way to even get off the ground. And that's what's so frustrating from an industry consultant perspective is that I'm really passionate about small business. I'm passionate about the small carrier because like I said, it's 1.6 million you know, carriers out here and alone is, is the small guy. So we actually, we're moving the country across. But we got to put some standards in place. And that's why I love what, what, when, when I was able to connect with, with Trainual, I was like, man, this is this is exactly what we're needing, man. This is exactly what we're needing. We need to create a system and a process, even from an onboarding side, right? 
So from a driver onboarding side, just the basic employee orientation side, it varies so much to the point where you may have no execution with a small company, moderate execution and great execution. But the fact of the matter is, is that on the no execution side, I would think that would be a lot more prevalent than you see on a great execution. But you don't see that with the large carriers, right? You can't go to a FedEx and not have an employee orientation. You can't go to FedEx and not have policies and procedures and things aligned to where you know exactly what you're responsible for doing. You know exactly what the consequences is of you not doing those. You know exactly what you need to maintain your vehicles. We just don't see that on the small carrier side. And that's why I'm so, so passionate about turning that ship and writing that thing to where we can actually see some results. Yeah, I mean, I, I and and I'm glad we're working with you because it sounds like this is a market that for sure needs needs that kind of level of systemization. So, on the on the compliance side, you know, getting started in a highly regulated industry can be really daunting when you don't even know all the things that you have to get done and all the the licenses you need and the the things the audits that you need to pass. And so, is that part of what you do? Is go in and just give someone the full spectrum of everything that they need to have in place? That's exactly what we do. So we'll take you from, hey, I know absolutely nothing about trucking. I cut hair. I do hair. I do nails. I cut grass, whatever that may be. We implement the system from day one to give you the blueprint. Step one, step two, step three, step four. We hold your hand the entire way, all the way across the board, and we see it through the entire year. We want to commit to our, our carriers for at least a year because, you know, obviously in that first year, it's daunting. There's a lot of things that happen. There's a lot of things that can impact the business. And then statistics show in entrepreneurship as a whole, that first year can be rocky. What we want to do is provide that support system in place. And the thing that I love, I love systems. I love processes. I like things to be in order. Uh, I got ADHD. I hate when things are scattered. I like the things to be like, hey, the white socks go right here. The ones with stripes go here. So I'm very, very specific about that. And the thing that I love about what we're able to do specifically within the platform that you guys have is we are able to introduce that to a marketplace that doesn't have that. And, and it's, it's, it's so needed because let me tell you something. If FedEx stopped moving, all of their trucks stopped today, do you realize that the entire market wouldn't see much of a difference in change? Because we would be able to fulfill the capacity on the small carrier side. And that's how big the small side is. And that's how important the small carrier is to, to the industry. Wow. I can always tell when somebody likes that organization, you know, what would you call it? The OCD kind of thing, because the plaques behind you are perfectly centered. And and that's (laughs) that's the mark of somebody that likes to be organized. So so let's say they get past all the all the compliance stuff and you're working with someone for a full year. What are some of the other pitfalls that you help businesses get through that, you know, otherwise could cause them to really struggle? Understanding your profits, right? Understanding your numbers, understanding exactly what impacts your bottom line within a trucking company, especially a single truck. A single truck can consume about 15,000 gallons of diesel fuel a year. And depending on diesel prices, you know, that can be anywhere between 40,000 to $90,000 a year that you just spend in diesel fuel alone. So what we do is we really teach people on how to impact, how to reduce costs, especially in the most controllable aspects as possible. And then we teach you how to position yourselves to make better decisions on fixed expenses, such as truck notes, such as trailer notes, insurance, things like that to really, really guide you to where to say, hey, you know what? That truck right there might not fit the budget. 
let's let's do this. Trust us, because over the next couple of years, you'll see it on the bottom line. And then the thing about that is the trucking industry is cyclical. It goes up. It goes down. It's just like the stock market. The most important thing is setting it up from the beginning that it can withstand those particular moments. And that's one of the things that we do over that first year. We have that constant coaching and we want to constantly support those movements because I'm going to tell you, the numbers are against our, our carriers out here. Right. Because, you know, the thing about it is, like I said, you got so many things against you, especially particularly if you're operating on a spot market activity that you got to make sure that you can't you can't you can't miss anything. You almost got to check off every single box in order to maintain that success within trucking. And that's why we're so passionate about what we do. Yeah. Now, in in an industry like this, too, you've got uh, so many cost centers that fluctuate as well. Like the fuel prices are are skyrocketing this year, right? Yeah, labor labor prices are going up. And so how do you change pricing to make sure that you are maintaining your margin? How, how, how much are you tweaking pricing for your customers? So the funny thing about that is, is that when you drive your car, you know, if I and I, I can poll 100 people right now and say, hey, what's your average mile per gallon on your car right now? And I would say out of the 100 people, like 99 people would have no clue on what I'm talking about. But the thing about it is, is that on a diesel truck, it is so important. Every mile per gallon matters. One tenth of a mile per gallon can mean a thousand dollars a year in cost. So if you think about that, as that adds up, and then when you think about speed, so, you know, you go up and down the highway, you really don't, you know, hey, you know, I'm cruising down the highway, I'm doing 70, 75, really doesn't matter. When I need to get gas, I'm gonna get gas. But in a truck, when you're over 70 miles per hour and you're pulling 80,000 pounds of freight behind you, right? 80,000 pounds of steel, the thing about that is in a truck, you're you're wasting 27% of your efficiency over 70 miles an hour because your truck is fighting against resistance, is fighting to pull that weight behind it. So it's so important to understand the small minutia and understanding how important that every single decimal point plays in overall operational efficiency. And when you think about the 10 truck carriers, right? So we talked about in the beginning of this call, we talked about the 903,000 companies that have 10 trucks or less. So let's just say you got 10 trucks and, you know, for your 10 trucks, you know, that one mile per gallon can equal anywhere between 50 to 60 to $70,000 a year and just overall cost savings. That's huge. That means more payroll. That means bonuses. That means, hey, you know what? We're able to do a, a dividend reinvestment. We're able to upgrade our equipment. We're able to wash out trucks, whatever that may need to look like. But I think that the one thing is, is in order to be successful in business, you need to be obsessed with efficiency. And that's what we want to change. And it's nothing more that's when you talk about a, a mechanical device, efficiency is everything. Right. And I'm going to say where it comes from, like my efficiency mind, I'm going to say where it comes from. So my first job was at Subway, like the, the sandwich shop. Right. And I remember when I first started working there, I got fussed at because I would cut too many, I would give too many slices of tomatoes on a sandwich. So like a six inch is only supposed to have two and a foot long is only supposed to have four. And I throw like six on the foot long and might throw three on it. But the thing about it is, is that as those slices add up, if that one tomato has six slices in it, every time you give six extra slices, you give away one tomato, right? Over a lunch and a dinner, that could be a case of tomatoes that you're just giving away. And it didn't dawn on me when I used to get fussed at it about it. I'm like, you know what? It took me till I got to this point when I was in trucking and started thinking about efficiency, that you got to think about the small things. 
And that's what really dawned on me that how process is so important and following the processes and ensuring that people understand the why behind the processes is super important. I can tell you right now that that clip right there is going to be on social media and everywhere, the little Subway story, because I, I just love the efficiency. I have a friend that owns a bunch of Subway restaurants, and she would be so proud listening to you talk about <laughs> saving the tomatoes. I was driving down the street. I was driving down the street, and uh, and and I saw a a truck that had these kind of uh, metal plates underneath the truck that I assume were for some yeah. kind of like wind resistance, or is is that another innovation for uh, for fuel efficiency? It is what it does. It, it lowers drag. Those are what we call trailer skirts. They're called trailer skirts, mm. and what that does it stops the drag from going up under the trailer. And sometimes you'll see them even on the back, the trailer tails, because as the wind comes to the back of the trailer and it meets abruptly, it causes drag. But as long as it goes through very smoothly, it gives you a little bit more efficiency. And every tenth, every ounce of, 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 of spare efficiency that you can in trucking means more money to the bottom line. Because just like I said earlier, trucking is about efficiency. Yeah. And the thing about it is when you have a mechanical device, you have to reduce weight, you have to reduce wind drag, and you have to reduce fuel consumption. And that's where you get your money at. Hmm. I, I never knew I loved trucking so much, but the efficiency, you know, the, yeah. the, the fact that it's so tangible, you know, that you can make these little changes and you can see reductions in fuel cost or you can see improvements in margin. It's, it's so interesting where a lot of the productivity and software and things that we do are just so tied to time. You know, and so so I'm 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 really interested in this. So are, are there other systems, lacks of systems that you see in in this industry? We talked about onboarding. We talked about profit. What any other problems? Just overall, just management systems. You know, it's kind of just a back office systems. You know, you'll see in the trucking industry. Uh, you know, typically your larger carriers have their own what's called transportation management systems or TMS is is very popular in the industry. Small carriers don't adopt that so much because they feel it's cumbersome. They don't understand the why behind it. So you find that you put a, you know, a, a JB Hunt or a Schneider truck beside a, a trainual truck, you know, nine times out of 10, your shippers are going to go to that truck that's over there with the JB Hunt, the Schneider, the FedEx, because, you know, you get a FedEx delivery, you can go on an app, you know, exactly where it is at all times. You know, if there's any delays, you know, exactly, you can almost watch it move on a map. But as a small carrier, nah, they really don't adapt that type of technology. They don't adapt those systems because it's almost like a rat race. And I, and I hate to say it. It's almost just, hey, I just got to get to the next load. I just got to get to the next load. And they don't see, we don't necessarily have the influence of the importance behind it and don't realize the bigger picture. And that's one of the things, you know, I'll be honest with you, that I'm so super passionate about changing is just the perception and importance of technology, embracing technology, embracing systems to allow us to show up better so that we don't necessarily have to compete with the JB Hunt. You're not gonna be able to compete with the FedExes and their 20,000 tractors and 50,000 trailers. You're not gonna compete with that, but you gotta be able to show up with a shipper and be able to provide them with access to those tools true shipment visibility and things like that to really make them desirable to put their freight on your truck. Yeah. And so is that where you, I know you found that a, a application in a portal, right? Is that kind of part of the tech, your, the, your passion for the technology? So tell us about that. It is. So, you know, so within the pandemic, right? So one of the things that was a big boom in the pandemic, a lot of people realized the, I, I, it was almost like, I forgot what they called it. I don't know if they called it the great walkout or the great resignation or something like that over the last two years where people was like, you know what? Sitting at home, you know, I might have got laid off due to COVID or I might be working from home. You know, I think I'm going to start my own business. So we found a lot of company, a lot of folks 
got out there and saw the opportunity to dispatch trucks, right? So that's an opportunity for people to be able to start an at-home business to where they can help the small carriers find loads and keep the small carriers making money. So what we what we saw is we you got that when a dis, when you see the dispatcher and the dispatcher business model, we saw that there's an opportunity to provide better structure by creating a system to where the dispatcher actually has a true system, not just Excel sheets, not just tablets, not just files on a desk, but create a true system where not only that they show that their carriers and their clients that they deal with, that they have operational systems in place and organizational methods in place to be able to handle 10, 11, 12, 13 different carriers at one time, they able to handle that seamlessly. So we started the Interportal software to do that. And we've integrated with several large companies to help with APIs on making sure that they have visibility in certain areas and providing them necessary tools to make it a one-stop shop for small dispatchers as well as small carriers alike. And I know you're probably going to be humble, but this thing has taken off for the last couple of years, right? Yeah, it has. It has. It has. You know, and, and very humbly speaking, very humbly speaking. But, you know, one thing um, that that I've, I've always been passionate about is finding the problem. Right. So as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, I'd rather find a problem and create the solutions for it. And that's one of the things that we found was like, hey, let's dig into the problem. Let's find out what the problem is and let's create solutions so we can uplift the industry. I'm passionate about this industry. So I wanted to create the solutions to help improve that. So as you think forward to how more types of technology will influence the trucking industry, I got to ask you about, you know, things like autonomous trucks. And, and you know, I saw, um, I think it was Nikola uh, Motors opened a factory in Arizona where I am. And so these things pop up on the news. So what's your take on, on that kind of tech? So I think it's, I'm going to be honest with you, Chris, and this is my opinion. I'm just one, I'm just, just, just a low guy on a totem pole. I believe autonomy, autonomy is necessary in certain circumstances, but it's not going to replace the human element, right? So when you think about, you know, autonomy has always been, been, been in the airline industry forever. Autopilot is, is, is always there, right? So I, from, from my understanding, uh, you know, you're, 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 when you're on a plane, for the most part, the plane flies itself the, most of the, of the flight. But you still got two pilots in there. So it's not replacing the pilots. What I would what I see happening is I see autonomous almost on a relay perspective. Right. So we get on I-40 right in Flagstaff. We take a 200 mile trek. It's going to be autonomous. It goes from rest area to rest area. You're going to have a driver at one rest area picking a truck up at one rest area. When it gets to the end of the autonomous point, it picks up another driver and the driver takes it to what's called the final mile. So, you know, obviously, uh, you know, your autonomous trucks won't be able to go to a fuel pump and, and fuel themselves. They won't be able to go to a shipping dock and back themselves. So it's going to have to have that human element. It's going to have to have that interaction. So while I don't feel that it's going to replace the human element, I think it's going to enhance it and allow that that shipment to go from California to, to North Carolina in a whole lot shorter period. Because one of the things that I want for those that don't know trucking a driver can only drive for a certain period of time before they have to shut the truck down for 10 hours. So when you think about it, a driver can only drive 11 hours. So after 11 hours, they have to shut the truck down after for 10 hours and then they have to pick it up. 
So you think about a shipment that's going over 2,000 miles, you think about how much downtime, that would definitely reduce that downtime because it provides that driver a little bit more leg room to where he can actually make that shipment the entire yeah, way. Yeah, that's so interesting. And and so I'm drawing the parallels to the airline industry as well because my cousin's a pilot for a major airline and she talks about how, you know, you can only fly so many legs or so many hours and then it's, it's you're illegal. You can't you can't fly anymore. And so it's the, same, yeah. it's the same in the trucking. And then also to the efficiency point we talked about earlier, I bet that 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 will help, you know, having, having the, the cars be, um, or the, the, the trucks be held to certain mile per hour and, and the steering, and that's probably all going to impact the fuel, right? Oh yeah. 100%, 100%. Because, you know, the thing is, is as they go on autonomous, there's going to be different regulations in terms of regulating speed, regulating drag, regulating efficiency. So you're going to see those trucks really, they're going to be the best of the best. And I've seen some of them where, you know, a typical truck right now is going to get anywhere between 6.5 to 7 miles mm. per gallon, right? But when you think about the autonomous vehicles and the things that they incorporate, the technologies that they incorporate, they're getting 8, 8.5, 9 miles per gallon. And when you think about that and you do the math over, you know, a truck is going to travel 100,000 miles a year. So when you think about that, that's going to make a big difference in terms of long-term efficiency. Oh, that's great. Adam, how do you measure success for you in this industry? I know you want to make a big impact. You know what? I, and, I, and I think this is, and that's, that's an amazing question. And I, I really, and humbly, I, I, for me, until I leave the industry in a better place than I found it. And that's what I really, really stand for. When I came into this industry 22 years ago, it lacked a lot of things. And, you know, like everything from diversity and inclusion, operational systems and technology, just overall respect and candor in the industry. When I leave here, when I, you know, when it's my turn to kind of punch the clock, you know, I want to leave the industry in a better place. But in the short term, every person that goes through our tutelage, every person that comes across our path, we want to provide them to solutions to ensure that they're set up for success. Now, everybody's not going to be successful, but I want to ensure that everybody has the tools to succeed. And then for anyone listening that's in this industry that is struggling through some of the things that you mentioned, what would you tell them that they, what would you leave them with as kind of some parting advice? Just hang on, because the thing is, is that trucking is cycles. Hang on. Things will get better. There's going to be bad times and good times, just like anything else. Just hang on. Great advice. Adam Wingfield, I love it. Thank you so much for innovating in this industry. It's amazing to be a part of this with you through Trainual, through Process People. Uh, I, I can't wait to watch you, uh, you do big things in the industry. So thanks for joining us. I appreciate it, Chris. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to Organized Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, or share it with anyone in your network that you think could benefit from this information. For episode show notes, podcast recaps, and tons of other small business news and inspiration, check out the manual. That's trainual.com backslash manual.